Welcome to Shepherd's Gate, a podcast sponsored by Mount St. Mary Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Shepherd's Gate seeks to evangelize the world by informing and inspiring its listeners with the words and works of those who carry out the mission of priestly formation in one of the oldest and largest Catholic seminaries in the country. Join us as we present enthusiastic content to help you know how priests are being formed today and how you can live your faith better. This is Monsignor Andrew Baker, Rector of Mount St. Mary's Seminary. Welcome to another edition of Shepherd's Gate, a seminary podcast. We're continuing our series of interviewing seminarians uh, that are all over the country now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And today uh, we have a special treat from you from the Archdiocese of Hartford. Uh, Ryan and Matt are on the line. So guys, if you could just uh, introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, hi, my name is Matthew Collins, uh, Seminary for the Archdiocese of Hartford in Third Theology. My name is Ryan, and I'm also Third Theology from Hartford. Well, it's wonderful to talk to you guys. Um, I've been finding that this, this series of podcasts has been, uh, for me at least, a, a real refreshing opportunity to talk uh, to uh, Mounties all over the country and how they're adjusting. Um, so the two of you have a, a rather unique living uh, experience with other seminarians in a particular building that's owned by the Archdiocese that, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was a former seminary. So talk to me a little bit about where you are and what your life is like. Uh, so uh, this is Mac. Um, so we're living at St. Thomas Seminary in Bloomfield, Connecticut, and it used to be a college seminary back in the day. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how long it closed um, closed the seminary portion of it, but it still runs some classes time to time for the Jackson program, as well as for our School of Biblical Theology. Um, but our living situation is rather unique. Um, we have a, um, a substantial um, library where we're able to um, get a number of resources um, for our papers and um, good Wi-Fi in order to do Zoom classes and to watch video recordings of everything. And we're all living together as one big happy community. We have mass every day. Um, we have a chapel, and we have a number of um, priests, retired priests that live here as well. This is Ryan. You know we're Mounties because we thought of everything except the food. <laughs> uh, so we had uh, we have all these these good ways to work and all these uh, spiritual resources, but we also uh, get meals, which is really wonderful. Some of the other guys have had the opportunity of cooking together, yeah, which is one way of building fraternity. Uh, and we've we've been more or less uh, been provided meals, but it's been a great opportunity to sit around the table and get to know our brothers from other seminaries who we don't get to see very often. Yeah, so you've got a, a particular community there, and and um, I, I think Matt, you had mentioned that uh, some retired priests are there. I, a, a few years ago, I think maybe two years ago, spent some time, I stayed overnight uh, where you guys are now and had an opportunity to meet some of those retired priests. Have you had much of an interaction with, with them? And I think there's even one, a, one of your retired auxiliary bishops living there. Uh, yes, uh, we do have some interaction with the priests. They're told to keep their distance. Mm -hmm. um, we're told to keep ours, but we're still able to have some conversation as we walk, uh, walk by and say hi. Um, we also have um, a couple of auxiliary bishops that are living here. Bishop Macaluso, who is the retired um, vicar general, and we also have um, 
the auxiliary bishop, Bishop Peter Rizaza, who I'm sure you know, Monsignor Baker. Yes, I had an opportunity to speak with him when I was there and uh, had breakfast with him the next morning. What a, what a wonderful man. You're really blessed. He's probably one of the oldest bishops in the country. I think so, but he does still have a sharp mind. And when he was out to Rome for his Adlumina visit, he got a personal ride with the Pope driving to, I think, the dicastery or the Congregation for Religious Education. Yeah, interesting. Now, um, I always, as you know, ask at the beginning of my, my rector's conferences whether you're living your holy hour. The two of you sound as though you've, you've got the chapel there and you'd have an opportunity to have a, both um, you know, time as well as a, a place to spend with our Lord. Uh, are you able to keep up with, uh, with your holy hour and, and what's it like for your, your kind of liturgical and, and sacramental life there? This is a really privileged time to, to really constantly be putting into effect what St. Paul says, to pray without ceasing. Uh, the amount of people out there who, who really wish they could have sacraments, who really wish they could go to Mass, who are, you know, we've heard from some of them, are like, I, I took all this for granted, you know, yeah. how come we didn't love our Lord more when He was available? That's right. We really get to pray and and really represent them as, as members of one another, as St. Paul says, mm -hmm. uh, before our Lord and in the liturgy and in our, our personal prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's highlighting um, the role of prayer in the life of our ministry that I hope we don't ever forget, because it's, it's still primary, even when there's more we can tangibly do. Sure. It and and prayer for others, thing. as you're indicating there, Ryan, in the body yeah. of Christ. Yeah, but we also have, we do have daily Mass, and we do have uh, morning prayer and evening prayer in community, and on Sunday we have night prayer Great. in community, so that's very wonderful. Yes, yeah, that, that's wonderful. It's a real blessing to be able to be there, and in what was a former seminary, too, so there's somewhat of an atmosphere that might remind you of the life here at the Mount. Mm -hmm. It most certainly does, and one thing that's um, happened was when we got here, um, the Archbishop of Hartford, Archbishop Leonard Blair, um, he asked us, he asked seminarians that while we live here, um, can you please do a holy, hour, a holy hour from between 8 and 12 each day, where we have the Blessed Sacrament exposed um, after Mass up until lunchtime to go in there and pray um, for our Archdiocese as well as those affected by um, the COVID-19. And we thought that was very... Um, it, we thought that was a, a very pastoral, very um, spiritual-like from, from our Father. So it, it's been real blessing to have that happen. There's been two men in front of the Blessed Sacrament every morning wow. uh, since we got here. That is wonderful. That's really praying unceasing, you know, unceasingly, and then also to realize that the graces that we have, uh, having the sacraments, which so many people desire at this point uh, and yet can't have it, we can still apply those graces to the body of Christ and offer up what we receive for those that uh, can't be physically present and yet desire to, to be at Mass or to be able to go to... Some people can't go to confession or, uh, in, in certain places. So um, offering up both your prayers, your presence before the Blessed Sacrament, the graces at Mass for those uh, that most uh, need it and that most desire it is uh, a way to live well the mystical body of Christ. 
Now, of course, you, you've got your classes to keep up. The both of you are in the same cohort. Um, how have how has that been? You said you've got good Wi-Fi there. I would imagine that, like most of the other seminarians, you have a mixture of uh, classes that are meeting at a particular day and time, uh, and then others there there might be a lesson during the week or most of the lessons being recorded that you can look at it at at the time convenient for you. Uh, how is that going? What, what What's your experience been? Uh, uh, um, for both Ryan and I, our experience, I want to say, has been good so far. Yeah. Most of the classes that we have, um, they do record um, the, class, the classes ahead of time, and we can watch them in our own time between the time that they post them um, to whenever we have the opportunity to, um, which is a real blessing because we're able to balance our own schedule to continue to keep up with the workload that um, we're given, and it's been, it's been a real gift for sure. And with Father Connor's classes, it feels like we get a, a privileged EWTN show every day just for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's doing it on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes. Yes. With the help of Jacob George. Yeah. Yeah, he's an expert. I think he feels like he's back on EWTN, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of acts like it. Sort of looks like it as well, too. Although he does have a captive audience this time. Yes, yes, he does. And there, there are no commercials, though. No commercials, no. So he just keeps going, and but it's but it's but it's gold that comes that we get. So it's it's good stuff, good yeah. material. Yeah. The quality of the material we're getting doesn't seem to have suffered at all. It's it's. It's a real blessing to continue to be able to be formed to have the mind of Christ in the church. Yeah. Uh, Even though the really, delivery is a bit different, right? The delivery, of course, is is remote. But um, I've been speaking with a number of the professors, either uh, at our faculty meeting or just calling them personally, and um, I know that they are, you know, not completely satisfied with the way in which we deliver it. It'd be better if it was in person, but it just can't be. Yet at the same time. Um, they have really been making a strong attempt to to continue the intellectual formation for all, for all of the seminarians. Um, and this is a, a time in which the content at least can be somewhat similar, even though the way that it's being delivered is, is different. Now, you, you, some of the, your fellow seminarians are in parishes, and so they've been able to observe uh, maybe more directly how pastors have been responding to this situation and these unprecedented times of COVID-19. Um, have you been able to at least begin to hear about what other pastors are doing and, and um, learn anything from your, for, for pastoral formation and, and things that you think, you know, this is a, a great way that priests are in a creative way reaching out to their, their parishioners? Have you been able to stay in touch with any of them or, or observed anything from, from any of the pastors? Um, uh, my assignment parish over the summer, St. Teresa of Calcutta in Manchester, um, the pastor has actually um, allowed for his staff to continue working remotely. And each night at 8 o'clock, they all get on a conference call um, for 30 minutes to see how the day was, to see how everything is going. And one of the things which he had done was um, ask the staff, um, what, during the day, can you make a number of phone calls to the parishioners to see how they're doing and how they're handling with the situation? Yeah. And to say that you're calling in the name of the pastor and 
We want to make sure that we're here for you. We care about you. We're praying for you. And know that you're not alone in this situation. And for me, that really shows um, an example of leadership um, as well as um, pastoral care on behalf of the entire parish. Yeah. And I, I applaud that pastor for doing that work. Um, and I know other parishes, they've done um, um, online um, emailing with uh, my different parishioners. Yeah. Um, I believe my home pastor, he's um, started to record uh, masses um, and to live stream them. Um, so that way the parishioners at home are able to um, have that um, interaction, whether they since they're not able to receive our Lord in the sacraments um, physically, they're at least to be spiritually present there at the Mass. Right. So I was talking to the number of priests um, just over the phone and in conference calls. They seem to be doing well with the situation, despite the fact that um, it hurts them to see their people hurt as well. Yeah, yeah. And we were both on the campus ministry team at Mount St. Mary's, and so we've gotten to see the efforts that Father Moran has put in to keep the college students mm -hmm. in the loop with the campus ministry and mm -hmm. some of the difficulties that have come from that. We've kind of gotten to see how that works. Mm -hmm. And I've had the privilege of being able to continue remote formation for RCIA. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've I've had the I've had the the, the privilege, uh, and I have a little bit more sympathy with our professors than so, yeah. some of the guys might, because I've had to learn how to do uh, engaging and still substantial online delivery of, of material. Material. So, now you're also hopefully dealing they, then, hopefully they learned something. Yeah, but but then Ryan too, you you've probably had to deal with the students who are expecting to be received into the church, uh, you know, at the vigil that didn't happen is is there been any anything that you've been able to um kind of tell them or or any lesson that you've you, you've learned that that might be helpful well it was it's up to their diocese um father moran extended the option uh with the archbishop of baltimore's permission to have the initiation completed in the fall mm. um, so i believe most of them took up that option great a couple of them might choose to receive the sacraments over the summer. Of course, baptism, we really urge, you know, you can do that as soon as possible. Uh, we had one RCA candidate who had to delay her wedding. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is, and, and the whole thing was very heartbreaking sure. um, and, uh, for me to, to think that uh, one person hasn't yet been baptized. A few people still haven't received their first communion. Right. Um. I really felt for them. So yeah. it, I continue to pray for them every day because, and to reach out to them via email and the other things that are around. So. so you can see how in pastoral ministry too, a pastor's heart is formed by sometimes suffering. And it's not necessarily our suffering, but when we are truly compassionate, suffering because of someone else who, who, who's suffering. And um, that's the way in which our, our heart is, is perfected as a, as a shepherd. So what about um, extra activities? Are you able to get out a little bit to uh, exercise, or is there opportunities to do a little more leisure uh, activities just to get your mind off of your studies, which isn't so bad to do every once in a while? Um, uh, for me personally, I've been able to get off the property a little bit to do some, uh, to, to go running, um, which I enjoy. It's a good, um, a good hobby of mine. It's 
um, good fitness activity. And um, we can definitely tell by the groups that we have not lost the Jeopardy Club. Um, at 7 o'clock, we have a group of guys that get together and go downstairs to um, a newly um, renovated community room to watch Jeopardy. I will have to tell him that. He'll be very happy. <laughs> this is a really nice property. We're really spoiled um, in that we can go for a good substantial walk. It takes me about 20 minutes to walk the perimeter of the property. Um, so it's probably around a mile mm-hmm. uh, to walk the perimeter, and it's a really good opportunity to do that. And then just to be all together and to play board games or watch Jeopardy or watch a movie together. Yeah. Again, these are hopefully are going to be, be uh, brothers, not just friends, but brothers of, of ours for the rest of our life. Yes. Uh, what a what a silver lining this this really has been. It was funny. The archbishop uh, visited us at breakfast on Sunday and then asked how we were doing and whether we were getting along or getting on each other's nerves. And the answer is both. Yeah. Uh, that's how we grow in loving each other. Right. So it's a, it's a real substantial love that we're forming from all the time we're, we're spending together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. That is, as you said, a real silver lining in it all. There's a, a lot of that, a lot of silver linings, if you will, in this situation for everybody, but particularly for, for all of you and for your Mount brothers. Um, have you been able to be in contact with your with your families at all? Did you try any any zooming or texting or phone calls? Well, my mom and I have talked every day since this started. Um, they're they're down in Florida actually, mm. uh, where the the approach to public health has been a little different than uh, in a lot of other places. But they've been being smart, yeah, uh, and they're 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 okay and. Uh, basically very similar conditions in terms of public availability of a lot of things, although Florida does seem to have fewer restrictions in place than a lot of other places. Right. How about you, Matt? Yeah. Um, talking to, I do talk to my folks regularly um, via Zoom um, with the entire family. Um, my sister is a teacher down in North Carolina, and she's doing the same exact thing that our professors are doing, remote learning with her students. Mm -hmm. My mother and my brother, they both work in um, the medical profession. My mother is a speech pathologist. My brother is an EMT. So they try to do take the necessary precautions that they need at work um, in terms of limiting their hours as well as when they come home to um, make sure that they they really take care of themselves and um, take a shower and trying to make sure that they don't bring anything from the outside into the house. And my father, God bless him, he just works from home, and he, he's enjoying it thus far. So, yeah. um, But I have been in contact with him regularly, and I just continue to pray for my brother and my mother yeah. as they go into the work profession every day taking care of these men and women that yeah. may potentially carry the disease. Sure, they're real heroes, unsung heroes all over the country, just like your mom and your, and your brother. Yeah, God bless them. Well, um, you've been away from the Mount now for um, close to a month. It was on the, well, a little over a month, I guess. Um, We began remote formation on the 25th of of March, but uh, you guys had been out of here, you know, almost a week uh, previous to that. So uh, is it true that distance makes the heart grow fonder? Um, What do you miss, or do you miss anything about the Mount itself? 
Well, the, the, the first answer that occurs to me is the front porch. <laughs> Which you love, uh, Ryan. Uh, I, I love the front porch and the, the view that it has. Uh, and it's just about the right time of year to start using it again. Uh, but I, I, I miss I miss seeing the, the, the fathers, the faculty. Uh, I, I miss seeing my brothers. I miss seeing the students uh, on the campus ministry side. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot that I miss. Yeah. One of the most one of the most profound memories for me is um, after leaving the chapel at 6:40, um, after leaving St. Bernard at 6:40 in the morning and walking outside to getting that fresh air, yeah. um, fresh air of the day, the fresh breath. Um, walking over to IT Chapel for morning mass, and uh, that's one of the things that I miss as well as um, our brother seminarian, the faculty, the priest. And just being together as a community, yeah, uh, they're both memorable opportunities. And but, uh, yeah, but just holding back and standing firm, knowing that we will be reunited soon enough when this is all over with. Sure. I also have to mention that, and I, I'm imagining that seniors, both in high school and college, are experiencing the same thing. Uh, it, it was hard to not get to say goodbye to the deacons properly yeah. before seeing that was that was very challenging. Uh, I remember I went around when I realized we were all leaving. I kind of spent uh, the good portion of two evenings walking around deacon hunting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that I could I could I could wish them well and and assure them of our prayers. Um, yeah, because but, uh, it ended kind of abruptly and in such kind of crazy times. Um, we're hoping to at least ease a little bit of that to maybe offer some way in the middle of May to, at the end of the semester for us to have a big Zoom evening prayer together. So we're trying to work out some details on that. We would appreciate that, I think. Good to see everyone for the last, for the last time before the summer begins. Yes, yeah. Well, great, guys. Any, any last uh, thoughts, any last words for our audience of Shepherd's Gate? I feel like the mouth has prepared us really well to deal with the uh, kind of topsy-turvy nature of things because we're grounded really firmly in, in prayer, in the Lord, and in, in charity uh, and, and discipline. It's a, it's, a, it's a house where we take our formation really seriously. So, you know, we were able to... to handle this a lot because of what the Mount has offered us by way of formation. I'll, I'll just speak, I think I could speak for both of us by saying that. Yeah, that's good um, to hear. Absolutely. But, yeah. yeah, I know. Um, the Mount is a house of formation. It's a house of prayer. It's a house of brotherhood. And it's a house that um, permeates and manifests um, love toward each other. And I think that um, each individual seminarian that comes from the Mount carries those characteristics and are carrying them now, um, wherever they are, whether it be at their homes, parishes, or even um, a seminary. Um, they, they're carrying that with them, and they know that's the bond that's going to bring them back together one of these days, but it's also the bond that they're going to be carrying with them their entire life as, as priests. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's, a, um, it's a good quality for, to have, and it's a good characteristic that we all need to hold to something to cherish, um, a grace from God that He's given us. I think one of the homilists at our at our daily mass, and I think it was the Archbishop 
says uh, not only coronavirus is contagious, so is charity. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's great. That's the most important virtue, and certainly faith and hope are contagious as well. Our Holy Father has been speaking a lot about hope, and he did so at the Easter Vigil, um, and it, that is something that we have a right to, he says, a right to hope, and, and hope, faith, hope, and charity are, are very contagious, even more, and they ought to be more contagious than COVID-19, that's for sure. Amen. Well, all right. Um, I just want to address the audience now to thank uh, them for joining us uh, for this episode of Shepherd's Gate. Uh, to reiterate, certainly what um, Ryan and Matt have said, uh, we thank you for being with us. You are all in our prayers. And we ask you to please pray for us, um, for the entire Mount community, particularly our seminarians, uh, and that we are able to continue this ministry of priestly formation and send down as our vision statement says, uh, from the Mount, holy, self-sacrificial shepherds for the people of God. That's what we're trying to do with, even in these uh, difficult times and in this time of remote delivery of formation. Uh, we do appreciate all that you do to support the Mount. Uh, thank you to Ryan and Matt in a very special way. God, God bless you uh, and God bless everyone. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Martin.